0: Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. So I'm very excited to have Tamu here. Um, I don't know if this will be the first interview that we um, put out, but it is the first interview of this podcast that I'm recording. And that's because Tamu has always been way up there on my list of people I wanted to chat to. So I messaged Tamu a couple of months ago, just being like, we need to talk about this on the podcast. And I kept thinking, because Tamu's is very much in my like my circle of like, on the internet, I think you would call it ecosystem. Yes. On the internet, like the people that I, I sort of talked to, I was like, oh, do I... Do I ta- chat to Tamu first? She's all I can think of to chat yes, to. You chat to me first, friend. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I like, Why am I trying to find someone else? I'm just Ex- gonna chat to Tamu. What am I
1: thinking? If you're flirting so, with me, you've got to flirt with me properly.
0: Exactly, exactly. And actually I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story in a minute that I don't think I've ever told you before, which is gonna be mildly embarrassing for me, but there we go. So um, I have long admired Tammy's work. In fact, and this is the story. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Oh gosh. Uh, so I was following you for a while on Instagram and, and this is like, so we went on a retreat together 18 months ago.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: But we probably chatted, well, we met before that because you came to my event the yes. February before that. Mm-hmm. So we probably have been chatting online for like two to two and a half years, actually.
1: Probably, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: So two and a half years ago, I was much more shy about getting to know people online. And I found it really hard to just DM people and say, Hi, I like this or just chat. And so I created something so that I could talk to you. <laughs> what did you create? Really, my ego is so happy. <laughs> I know created this like thing about who inspires you because you and I was getting people to share it partly so that I could tag you and there were a couple of other people that I wanted to tag in it as well so that I could start a conversation because I found it so hard and you were the person I was like I really really want to talk to her more this is before and you know what's funny we were probably already booked onto that retreat and I just didn't know anyway
1: Ray I'm going to cherish this for the... Re- like, I'm so sentimental. I'm going to cherish, ch- cherish yeah. this forever. That little... So- like, you made... Talking about, like, love languages. Forget the love language test uh, in speaking with my therapist about um, what makes me feel loved. Mm. Somebody actually going out of their way to create a connection. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ray. Mm. You're stuck with me (laughs) for.
0: But it's just—it's also funny for me to reflect on and be like, "Wow, only." So for anyone who's listening who gets that kind of like, "I don't know how to talk to people," I cannot tell you the journey I've been on over the last five years around visibility. Because even then, and at that point, like my business was doing well, I was doing stuff, but I was still like, "Can't do it." So I just made this big thing. But yeah, it was for you. It was for you. From my heart to yours.
1: <laughs> my, 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 the
0: soles of my feet are tingling in all sorts, Ray. <laughs> so, as I said, longer to my time is work. I just wanted to give some evidence for that. In the last year, you have really kind of been talking, and that's probably not even the last year. It's the last six months, I would say. Been talking about stuff that is really speaking to me and a number of other people. And, and it's around embodying kind of our... How would you describe it? I want to say like our energetic size. Yeah. Women particularly or people with big energy, right?
1: I think it's more apparent in women because we have those weird patriarchal codes about what it is to be a woman and martyrdom being like adjacent to what it is to be a woman. So I definitely think that it is more prevalent in women. Like I, from my observation is that women we are um we celebrate excellent women but actually society our families everything about the way we live day to day supports mediocre women yeah so it's it's a really really toxic paradigm in which we live and something that I noticed I was like I'm a social worker my background is social work So, um, and as a social worker, my area of interest was the areas that other social workers weren't too keen on. People liked things that were quite clear cut, where you were clear about what the evidence was. And me, the murkier, the better. So things like emotional abuse, neglect, those things that are like really piecing a puzzle together. Mm. um, Those were things that I was really interested in. I had a real interest in Working in families where parents had things like um, emotionally unstable personality disorder, and people with emotionally unstable personality disorder, they present really well. They're slick, Mm -hmm. and you just see like there are slight gaps, and you follow those gaps. And I was seeing those gaps. I when so part of the reason around six months ago, my language started to become less. Fluffy and I was speaking more directly to the issues. Around six months ago was when I forgave social work for burning me out, and mm-hmm. that's when I realised actually my my position. Let's say within this coaching wellness industry space, I'm not a coach. Full stop. I'm a social worker that coaches. So bringing that social work in and all of my knowledge about emotional abuse, neglect, and how unmet needs plague our lives. I was like, oh my goodness, in these larger than life online entrepreneurs specifically, in these people that have big communities, that are celebrating big launches, that are having big wins, that hold space for big people, everything they do about it is big. They, they say hello and you feel the bigness radiating through. I was seeing gaps. And in the gaps, I was seeing Unmet need for connection, unmet need for validation, not enoughness. I was seeing these chinks Mm. like shining through. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is very interesting. Your bigness, you don't fully understand it, and you're using it as a veil for the parts that make you feel uncomfortable. And the moment I realized that and allowed myself to speak to what I know what I understand what I'm trained for also what I'm naturally quite good at that's when the psychologists started knocking on my door for coaches Mm -hmm. I mean for coaching that's Mm -hmm. when the consultants started knocking on my door that's when people who have a big community started knocking on my door saying actually different versions of I'm here because I have a really deep feeling of not enoughness Mm. and I was like okay we've all made the mistake in believing that bigness means you don't have needs therefore you can shove your needs to the back you can serve people you need connection I'm going to create a new program I'm going to serve more people I'm going to connect with more people and you're sending your energy outwards but not allowing it to come back in so it's not a radiance it's not like you're radiating that bigness that energy through you it becomes transactional you do this to get that you do this to get that meanwhile the essence of you what makes you a human being is left by the wayside
0: it's like where um and i've never used this phrase it probably is a phrase i don't know if i stand by it so if it's got bad connotations i apologize not to to listeners. I apologise mm-hmm. to you, but it's almost like where toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, which is not something that I've looked, one hundred combine, isn't it? Like the toxic femininity of always being the carer, always putting ourselves last, but also the toxic masculinity of not having feelings, not having needs. Yeah, and the two things coming together. Yep, and it's that thing of like you know, feminism is meant to bring people up. We're not. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to like let us drop down to mm-hmm. those. Other understand mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so interesting and what what I love about what you talk about is that I don't get the sense and I don't think it's what you're saying at all that you're saying like because this is a message that lots of people get and as some as a woman with big energy this is a message I've had a lot which is that your bigness is a problem like oh so yeah which I know is not what you're saying but what you are saying is but it can mask things is that right
1: What I'm saying right? very clearly is that. When you are using your bigness and your work and the role you play for other people in your life, when you are using that as a mask for your unmet needs, you then get stuck in this really weird place of feeling like you're too much and not enough. Because the truth is, because of our conditioning, what we believe to be too much is actually just the tip of the iceberg. When you have that big energy that we can see on the surface and you're not meeting those needs, what you know in a very subconscious, unconscious, whatever you want, what you know on a cellular level, my dear, what you know is that that bigness isn't even the half of it. So then people are talking about, oh, you're so wonderful. You do such wonderful things. You helped me change my life. You held up a mirror in a way that other people haven't been able to. You help me contact parts of myself that I've never been able to before. I really admire you. All of that feels great for five minutes. And then you sit back down and you're like, if only you knew there was so much more. So when you're not allowing yourself to meet those needs, you don't feel safe to be as big as you truly know you are you start telling yourself stories about being too big, about taking over, about being really dominant, about not giving other people a chance, about you make yourself like, I don't know, like your Incredible Hulk. Mm. When actually you are a big, shiny, resplendent, magnificent, magnetic, potent being, and you are causing yourself suffering because you're trying to squeeze that potency I use this analogy all the time. It's like you bought yourself a pair of size five shoes in the sale because they were a bargain when you damn well know you're a size six. And you might be able to wear that size five on the shop floor. Mm. You try walking to a restaurant in those shoes. You're hobbling around. So then you're hobbling around, dodging your bigness because you're not rooted and planted in a way whereby you can hold it sustainably. So then you start saying things like it's a fluke. Or you start saying things like, um, I'm experiencing burnout and this and that. You are experiencing burnout, but not in the way you believe. You're experiencing burnout because it takes a lot of energy to suppress your power. Yes. It's like trying to keep an ocean in a dam.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I think with that, <laughs> I'm going to try not to turn this into a coaching session for me. But <laughs> Never felt on, Ray, bring it on. <laughs> where and, should we start today, Ray? <laughs> one of the things I think is interesting with that and I'd be really interested to hear like I don't have an answer to this I'd be interested interested to hear your take on it is one thing I experience as well is that thing of like you know getting those reactions you're talking about where people are like yeah you're amazing and you're so like and you get this feeling people are saying to you you're so big you're so much and that's great and you do feel seen but then you're thinking but I haven't shown you all of it like, this is not, so you already think I'm loads. And I don't, but when I say this, just for people listening, I don't mean like, I think it's interesting because we instantly go to, and I think this is the one of the reasons we don't talk about this stuff, is we instantly go to that kind of linear, like bigger is better. This this person saying them, they're better. And I don't think it's about that at all. It's just a space taking up thing. Like somebody who energetically takes up a lot of space. Yep when you're small, still feels too big for people. And you, I'm sure this is like, the answer to this would be like, book a whole coaching session with me, like months of coaching on it. But how do we actually, like, how do we meet that gap?
1: You meet that gap by being in a playing field that matches your energy. Mm. So if you are, um, uh, uh, Let's think of a. If you are, oh, so I shared on Instagram the other day, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like a lion will never feel like a lion if it's playing the role of a tabby house cat, something like that. Yeah, a lioness will never be satisfied playing the role of a tabby house cat. If you are putting yourself in spaces and situations that are um, too small for you, you will feel too big instantly. What we need is to give ourselves space where we can expand. So our darling friend, Kerry, shared a post about self-care and looking after yourself. And the last image was of like a walrus, like flopping like a walrus. And it really made me chuckle because um, when I invited my daughter to do non-linear movement with me, she was like, mom, it's just like rolling around like a walrus for for (laughs) an hour. (laughs) And, And it is, it really is but when you allow yourself to flop so Mm -hmm. you can see how much space you need and you give yourself that space you will stop feeling like you're too small you start to realize actually it's not that I'm too much it's that this container isn't big enough for me so personally I kept feeling like I don't fit in this coaching, I'm supposed to be doing that and I don't want to do that and I'm supposed to do this and I don't want to do that and this doesn't feel good, I'm using a lot of energy holding myself back because this isn't the environment um, to be able to to operate like that and uh, three things, Um, a session with my therapist, a session in supervision, my supervisor was like, is it that what you're offering is not enough or is it that you haven't given yourself a framework for you to operate in a way that matches what you are trying to offer people oh yeah it's that and then my my coach my coach Ray Dodd
0: I was gonna say said, <laughs> to <admit> that's me
1: <laughs> my coach Ray Dodd said something along the lines of how can you prov- how can you do something where you can be as generous as you want to be and I was like bada boom bada bing I'm bringing the bu- social work into the coaching that is how I will be able to and then all of a sudden all of this stuff just keeps like floating out of me mm. um and people say things like oh my goodness you're really standing in your power um you're radiating all this power like power 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 is coming left right and center and prior to doing this combination of work and doing all the somatic stuff i was frightened of my power i called my power ursula because I felt like Ursula the sea witch from The Little Mermaid, like Mm. I just zapped and boomed and took over. No, I don't zap and boom and take over. The way that I am big creates space and comfort for me to hold big people so they can flop like a walrus and see the space they need and allow the things to pop up. Um, pop through but if I didn't give myself that space if I kept squashing myself with every program coaching program going every course going every training going every book going if I kept squeezing my space with personal development and professional development which is a hiding place I would never have found all the bigness and I never ever would have identified but I had a sense of shame about how big I am and how big I am yet to be and no longer am I like once I saw it and looked at it I was like this power that I'm saying I'm, I'm talking about it like I'm a megalomaniac I'm making it feel like megalomania because it's always trying to escape because I'm squashing it in something that's too small. What if I gave it room to spread and roll and encompass and, and hug and love and share? What if I gave it that space to like really nurture the way that I am able to
0: nurture and then boom, Tamu 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> And isn't it interesting, like if you talk about the walrus and Ursula and there's like a link, a real visual link there with the way that Ursula is depicted. Yeah. Oh like my strange... gosh, yes.
1: Cause she's like yeah. part walrus type of seal. Yeah,
0: type of... yeah. exactly. Like octopus, she's like yeah. But there is a real like link there. As soon as you were saying about flopping like a walrus, I instantly was taken back to being a teenager and sitting in ways that you wouldn't even show a role. Do you know what? Like, you're like, yeah.
1: taunting yourself
0: like and and I, I think even and I might be wrong I think even some of the magazines would have ways of like yes yes you T-
1: the side, shift your hips forward all yeah. of that
0: and I know that that's going to be on like TikTok and Instagram now like ways to do a selfie so that you make your bum look that yeah, yeah absolutely you and you think about how even as women how we hold ourselves we don't let ourselves flop out
1: <laughs> we can't breathe because of that silly story that we were told so many times about holding your tummy in. Right. Holding right. our tummies in has really impacted the way we breathe. Oxygen, we, we can't, we, oxygen is like life's nectar, mm. yet we deny ourselves the amount of oxygen we need to oxygenate our blood and give our vital organs what they need because right. we're worried about having looking
0: svelte, right? our, our I mean, midriffs looking flat just the way we sit the way we like um you know we think about our thighs how they're gonna look when we sit I remember in school if you ever had to like sit with on your knees like with your shins down and just looking at my thighs and being like oh my god I hope nobody looks at this like those sorts of things when you just want to like there's the, the question of comfort and of just being is so far removed for so many women it's almost unlike um, like and what's comfort exactly it's like I can't I can't even pretend it no. I, don't know. no I don't know what that would be and so the I idea remember
1: having outfits to go out for dinner in so that I could eat the amount of food I wanted to eat yes. and not be worried about my muffins bulging yeah, yeah and I'm slim I'm a size 10
0: yeah 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 oh I mean I could list all the different things that I and it's it's so interesting like as a as like figuring it out as an older version of myself so I I grew up a size I was generally a size 12 like then 14 and I'm now a 16 but I'm short as well so like I tend to it takes me a long time to go up a size (laughs) (laughs) size for a little while because I'm so small but yeah it's 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 so interesting looking at like how actually the smaller me was much less comfortable than the bigger me it's not be but but equally the way that impacts yeah like just so many things Mm -hmm. so many things which I'm I'm unpacking in therapy at the moment so I won't Mm -hmm. go too deeply into it because Mm -hmm. (laughs) those are not healed parts
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no Uh, uh, Ray the different iterations of it for um, you know, I grew up with a narrative like my mum is very much a go-getter. Mm-hmm. My mum is the type of person I remember distinctly, she was always applying for jobs. And those were the days when you would uh send off the app- um the thingy for the application, it would come in the post, you would handwrite it, because my mom, she always said Even if you're in a job for a long time, you should still go out on interviews to maintain the habit of um, having interviews. She was always looking at the promotion. If the promotion wasn't coming from where she was working, she was quite happy to apply for a job elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And my dad was forever saying she's never satisfied. She has ideas above her station. So if you've grown up with a narrative about ideas above your station and you are big, and yes. also sensitive that mm-hmm. ideas above your station is like a cannibal for your bigness and you suck it in yeah. so it's not just the tummy that you're sucking in it's those lofty aspirations
0: yeah yeah the phrase might my- are lofty to be quite honest well this so this is something I say a lot um, in in the courses I do and I think I wrote an Instagram post on it a while ago people always say as we start to talk about money and things like that like am I not just deluding myself here like, am I not just thinking like and I don't know if that that cropped up for you at all when you started to think like, wh- like, how can I be generous with this? What would that mean? And then that it's a very normal belief to come in or, or fear story. Like I'm probably just deluding myself. Like, what am I thinking? And um, am I being realistic is the other one. And I always say, like, we have not seen women do the things that they are capable of doing. We haven't seen that yet. So this idea that we could even know what realistic is I don't think we know what's realistic for a number of people on the planet who have been told they have to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we're deluding I'm always like get delude yourself go for it because Absolutely. we need to get that this whole and the phrase in my house was you're getting too big for your boots that was the big the big one um, and it's such a prevalent thing for us to just to be like oh, i'm being too noticed here like it's too much
1: it's huge okay i think we need to get giddy and that thing about uh, uh, realistic it's a shackle mm. so um at the moment i am studying with um organic intelligence which is a wonderful organization that is uh, the premise is we have the innate organic intelligence to heal and thrive, and all of that. We don't need to keep doing all of this stuff. Yeah. And a phrase I got from there that had really, really stayed with me, um, talking about the um, human experience. The phrase is, Our job is enjoyment, and the plan is improvisation. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know, right? So imagine if you just allowed yourself to improvise and evolve and grow based on that improvisation my biggest trips like tripping up myself has been holding on not not consciously but unconsciously holding on to an idea about rules and processes for this thing yes the more I hold on to the rules and the processes the less available I am for what I need, for what needs to happen within me, which changes. Number one, it changes because I'm a woman and I have like four hormone phases. It changes because I'm a human being with all of my stuff and that changes. It changes depending on how tired I am because I am not one of those push through kind of people. If I'm tired, everything's got to stop um, because I'm just not able. So if we allow ourselves to understand that, improvisation gives our body system the opportunity to come online and share the wisdom that we have amassed throughout our whole lifetime to this point that we have gained from our ancestry that we have gained from the entire human evolution when we give ourselves space to improvise that's when we say things that's intuition
0: Yeah.
1: That's when we say, oh, my goodness, I must have like the stars must have been aligned. It just happened for me. It didn't happen for you. You gave yourself space for your own organic intelligence to make it so.
0: That was a huge lesson for me in terms of this kind of uh, bigness thing in that I and I talk about this very openly in my courses. I prep most things very last minute. So I will, I will gather the thoughts and the thinkings in my head for weeks, months, years even. But the actual drawing it together happens in the hour or two, depending on what I'm doing, before I run a workshop or an e-course. It happens very close to the wire. And I think there was a lot of guilt in that. And we've talked about this before about that kind of, if you are somebody, and, and, the, and I'm going to use the words that I would have historically used, like I'm a blagger. I can blag things. And so there was this feeling of like, oh, oh and like, can I really charge people for stuff that I'm quote unquote blagging when actually I'm always reading. I'm always learning. I'm gathering those bits together. You know, I'm doing training. I'm doing all of that stuff. But I very much, my intuition works best that way. Like that's how I make space for it. I have to have a deadline coming. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. One day
0: I hope to evolve beyond this. I'm not going to lie because it can. Yeah, start. yeah, yeah. But that's so. it's re- It was such, and there was a very much. An, I think there was a guilt there and an owning of ray you're good at this. Just let yourself be good at it. Stop trying to make yourself. Try, stop trying to make that bad that you're good at a thing.
1: Let Let's 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 let, Let's call it what it really is, Ray. You're highly attuned. Hmm. You are highly attuned. Full stop, and that's that on that. I too have the capacity to pull all kinds of magic out of the bag at the 11th hour. Yeah. And the thing, like, you know, podcasts and all of that kind of stuff, I forget that some people need to prep. The more prepped I am in terms of I've really consciously prepped for this thing, the more robotic and clunky I am. Put me on the spot. I attune to what's present right here right now and the stuff I come out with when people reflect it back to me and say you said blah 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 all right then yeah I did or (laughs) can you repeat no I can't it was a one-time only thing if you didn't catch it then you snooze you lose but it comes from I will I will say um I uh, I channeled it Yeah, I did channel it. I channeled it on all the courses I've done. I've channeled it by all the personal development I've done. I've channeled it by being, allowing myself to be. I've channeled it over 15 years as a social worker. So if I want to call it channeling it, because it makes me feel better at that moment, that's fine. But what I know is that my number one is safety. Mm. And I will not do anything, even if that idea feels like a download that just got given to me at that point in time, I know it's safe. And the moment I can see that I am tripping into the light fantastic, I rein myself right back in, because mm. that light fantastic is for me to experiment and explore and research before I share it with um, other people. Mm. But we're just attuned people, Ray, we are we, spidey senses, pick up. And that's the other thing, when we create programs and stuff that we're sharing with people if we're really planned and robotic about it we're then forcing people to fit into our mold rather than being on being of service to the needs that are in the room so I do think that we need to give ourselves some space to attune the way that we attune
0: absolutely and for someone else it might be the complete opposite that they're actually they access that more spontaneous place or that kind of Connection with people from being more planned because that gives them the safety to yeah. jump on
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's,
0: I, I guarantee some people were listening to that. And I'm, I'm going to enjoy saying this now because it'll feel like I'm speaking directly to them in the moment. Will have gone, Oh God, I don't do it that way. I do it this other way. And I think part of taking up space is that thing of like, Yeah, you do it that way. And that's good. Exactly. Let's not talk each other out of the ways we do things. Let's give each other the space to do it and own that. Like it, it, it can take up space to be more organised because everyone, because other people are going, oh, I do it on the fly. And the exact opposite as yeah. well. It, it's, and- it's knowing yourself, owning yourself.
1: This is how I do things and that's that. When I, when I was actually able to own things like I'm dominant, mm. I'm inspirational, fine. Let me be the most dominant, inspirational person I can And all of those admin bits that I really, really struggle with, Mm. let me get support for that. And it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm not walking around saying, I'm like 60 million figures and I can just get the help I want to get. It had to be really calculated. This is what I can afford and this is going to support me. And what I could afford led me to being able to afford more because I could show up in my zone of genius and do more of what makes me feel like, you know, turned on
0: and they could help me with the stuff that turns me off <laughs> to yeah. be quite frank absolutely and actually that's really lovely that you have said that because I kind of want to bring you back to um what you said when you said about and you did write it down you said you meet that gap by being in a being in a playing field that matches your energy that yeah. kind of gap do you think obviously this is a podcast called money making women yeah so I'm not going to su- suggest that every single time there's a price element in that But what what would you say around the money piece in that?
1: I had to identify my gaps with money in the first place because I definitely operated from my parents' struggle, lack mentality, 100%. And I definitely, and it wasn't just money, you know, that saying how you do one thing is how you do all things. What I realised was I developed a habit of denying my life to me Mm -hmm. I developed a habit of defaulting to I can't and no Mm -hmm. that habit wasn't just financial it would be things like um, there's an event the event is a is an hour it's going to take me an hour to get there I would decide no I'm not going to go and enjoy myself for an hour because it would take two hours for me to get there and back not realizing that that one hour of enjoyment is probably equal to like 10 hours um, in in real terms so mm. I had developed a real habit of denying myself to myself so with the money it was a really um we would dismiss it and say it's rudimentary or basic but actually for me it was foundational and essential so it's I've got having a real clear um, understanding of my budget so somebody asks me how much money is it that you need to live on I know how much I need to live on so when I came to you saying oh my gosh Ray I'm having a wobble and you asked me well how much is it that you need I was able to say x amount because I know how much I need because I've calculated it and everything else I know is abundance, but it's not just as simple as everything else is abundance. I know the life that I want to live that will support me in my growing bigness because mm. I don't want to just be big. Just mm. listen to me, I don't want to just be big. I'm not big, I'm huge, mm. ginormous, juggernaut sized. That mm. is my energy. And I want a life that matches that. I don't want to squeeze a juggernaut life into an average for london financial lifestyle so i know that for me to begin to live the beginning of that juggernaut life i know how much that costs i actually worked it out so when i'm talking about the amount of money i want to earn i'm not saying that i want to um, earn so, the beginning of that juggernaut life is 124 grand a year. I'm a, a single person, single parent, got a child, all of that kind of stuff. So, I'm paying bills and whatnot on my own. So, that's why I'm saying the beginning of my juggernaut life. I haven't just said that so that I can swan around and marketing spin and say, yeah, six figures, blah, blah, blah. blah. I know that the mortgage for my house will be X. I went on to um, Right Move and it gives you all of this information. I know approximately gas, electricity, all of those kinds of things. So I'm not going to be out here saying, yeah, manifesting Ferraris and Bentleys and Chanel handbags. What I'm interested in is a very embodied, consistent, sustainable. Um, Appreciating manifestation. And that is by having the things I need that are going to make me feel good. Life is too short. I do not believe that I was put on this earth to struggle, suffer, feel bad. That might be some other people's situations, but I have to be clear about what's mine. That is not mine. I'm here to feel good. I'm here to feel like this is a podcast for adults, okay? Money making women, not children. Mm -hmm. I'm here to feel orgasmic fanny fluttering good (laughs) yes yes and so for me in terms of identifying my gaps in my business and creating a business that feels good where i'm not creating things to make money i'm creating things that are of service and will make me the money that i want not just the money i need It was like, okay, if I'm bringing the social work into the um, coaching, I'm not just going to slap a big number on it because I want to make one hundred and twenty four K. So all my clients have got to pay for it. What I'm going to do is structure things in a way whereby I can deliver a service. I can feel comfortable and confident, not comfortable comfort zone, like at the edge of my comfort zone where I'm sharing this price with people. So I've structured my stuff accordingly because that is going to all of this stuff about you're going to be outside your comfort zone. I believe I don't need to be outside my comfort zone. I believe I need to expand my comfort zone. So what I'm working on right now is my starting point and it will expand and expand my comfort zone. Not because, um, all of this, I'm I'm doing these high ticket things because I feel I should, because I know, I know the value of what I offer people. I know my capacity to hold people. I know my ability to make people feel loved. I know that I can have a screen of 50 people and each person will feel like an individual. That is natural, but it also came by training, but also came by trying things on, but also came from a career where sometimes I had to be like supported by security guards because parents wanted to kill me and all sorts. I know that what I am offering is not just value, it's valuable. But right now, in order for me to sit in my sovereignty, in order for me to sit in my majesty, and people believe that and and feel my energy and know that I'm telling the truth, I need to start and allow myself to grow. I I was nearly blown off my chair when I had a conversation with somebody who's joining my sovereign group coaching program and she said she found me because we were on a program together I hardly spoke in that program but -hmm. when I spoke she said she felt my energy from that same program prior to her two other people worked with me in some capacity because they felt my energy from the little bit I said during that program energy is so honest and pure I need to, like, integrity is so big for me. If I'm in my integrity, I'm the sun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could, I literally, as I was prepping for this, speaking of being last minute, I was like, I've only got a couple of questions. I'm sure I'll be (laughs) fine.
1: You only need a couple of
0: questions with me, Ray. I'm like, Ariston, and on, and on. I wrote down, I want to do that Brené Brown thing when she goes, can you say that? when with you were saying this earlier, I was thinking how she goes, can you say that again? That's so good. And if I was on there, in fact, Sonia Renee Taylor said this, she was like, I don't know, I don't know what I just said. I don't think I can yeah. think. You have to press rewind, said, loves, rewind that. <laughs> exactly. You said, I know what I'm offering is not just value, it's valuable. Yeah. I think, because for me, with what you said about, you know, playing in a field that matches your energy, for me, there is a pricing point there Mm -hmm. as well like I don't think exclusively but there can there could be and I think that often will be an element of also getting comfortable with exactly what you've described like this is the life I want and therefore these are the prices I'm going to charge yeah and and what I see over and over again is people tying themselves up in really tight knots around that and just being like but it won't be kind and it won't be this and it won't be that and it's just so lovely to hear you talk through how that's kind of worked for you and you just really owning the energy you give out and what that's that means in terms of coming back to you it's really beautiful
1: okay wait sorry i must sorry. say with regard to that working with you ray has been very very transformational and you know, when you say things, you, you think you're just saying something, you're not just saying something, when you say things like the price is the price, I'm like, the price is the price, the price mm-hmm. is the price, and I take that to my mats. I take mm-hmm. that to my somatic practices, so that mm-hmm. I can move it from being in my brain into my body, so that I can really, really hold that, and now I, I believe the price is the price. And the price isn't a reflection on me. And if you think that my price is too much, then you're one of the, you're like, and and this is not a criticism, a judgment. All it means is that we're not an energetic match. So if I'm trying to make myself small to fit into your energy, I'm going to be back in that cycle of feeling like I'm too big. I need to go to the big playground.
0: When you're ready, come and meet me in the big playground. Exactly. And and that I had a real moment of clarity with that. I can't remember when, a while ago. I remember the exact client it was with. I'd upped my prices. And so interesting what you were saying about comfort zones, because I approach pricing quite differently, I think, to a lot of business and money coaches, in that I will not push somebody to charge a certain amount because when they get out of their comfort zone. And I do, I believe exactly as you said, stretch that comfort zone. But when you can't hold that number, that amount in your body, you will not sell it. Yep. You, it. You will run away from it, you'll retreat. And I've seen that person. And so I, but I upped my price for my one-to-one. And the first person I told on the call was like, yes, I'd love to do it. I never get people to sign up on calls. I always let them take some time. Mm-hmm. Then she got back to me and she was like, I can't do it right. And I love this person and adore them. And I'd worked with them quite a bit. And I had this like, oh God, oh no. And then immediately was like, it's nothing to do with me. It's that's just where she is. And this is where I am. And that is neutral information.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: it doesn't say anything about her because I would never think of a client as being a worse person because they couldn't like, couldn't make that investment right now. But I would have thought previously of myself as a worse person yes. for charging it in the first place yes. or somebody not being able to afford it. Yes bought me. And it was just beautiful clarity moment. That's where the price, the price, the price came from. It was just mm-hmm. a kind of like, it's just the price. Yeah. It's, this just is what yeah. I charge. Yeah. And that's it. Um, yeah. It's, it's huge. It's, I say it's huge work. It's hugely transformative work when yeah. that bit clicks mm-hmm. and drops from your head mm-hmm. into your body, as mm-hmm. you've described it. Okay. I could talk to you forever, actually, forever about this. So we'll have to do it again at some point. <laughs> Please. find another bit and talk about that
1: yes
0: before i um get you to talk about what you've got going on and where people can find you i wanted to do a quick fire round where i get okay. you to like, think about stuff so you're the first person doing this so you, you won't know any of the questions so finish this sentence money is freedom
1: nice
0: favorite book you read recently favorite book
1: i've read recently the source dr tara
0: swart Mm. nice uh the impact of women so again finish this sentence the impact of women making money is
1: i've got a swear word
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck shit up (laughs) in a good way in In a a good good way way. (laughs) (laughs) um if (laughs) these are really random if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life serious question
1: boiled plantain all day every day
0: all day every day um and then boiled last... not fried boiled yeah. i've never had i've never had um boiled i've only had fried
1: ray when we're able to have freedom of movement you're coming round for west african culinary delights
0: yes, please yes please okay best bit of money or business advice you've ever been given
1: Price is the price is the price is the price. Yes. <laughs> Courtesy of <laughs> Ray Dodd.
0: <laughs> no, there's
1: that, there's that. And then the other one Amazing. was. I don't
0: take it away.
1: <laughs> so no, 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 no. The, 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 that one was like that one, and it links to this one. You can't play hide and seek with abundance.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: When yeah. you start diving around with the price, you're playing hide and seek with abundance.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, can you tell us about where people can find you and what you're offering at the moment? You can find me on
1: my friendship bench that is known as Instagram. Uh, and I, I, am, I am most active on Instagram. Um, and I am at live360 um, on Instagram, L-I-V-E-T-H-R-E-E-S-I-X-T-Y on Instagram. Um, and also um, my newsletter, my newsletter, you know, It is a business tool and I don't really sell on it that much, but I I do have a lot of digital nourishment on there. And like the uh, jar Rule and Ashanti song from the noughties, in relation to my newsletter, I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. (laughs) (laughs) So sign up to my newsletter because, yeah, you'll get what you need when you need it, but you're not going to get it every week.
0: Wow, what happened to them? Well, we know what happened to Ja Rule. Best not spoken. I know, about.
1: messing around. I think Ashanti's trying to be a bit, a bit of an influencer at the moment. I know.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Um, she was very much that low trouser time, wasn't yes, it? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but
1: teeth. no one can really wear. You oh, can't yeah. lean forward. No. You
0: can't lean forward. Do you, do, anyway, I was going to start talking about Lanky's clothes and naughty clothes. I'm going to stop. And oh, don't, because we'll go there. <laughs> I know lastly yes you've got any programs or anything that you want to share with people that they might be interested in at the moment look at me outside.
1: everybody needs to be interested in so i have um a group coaching program a year-long totally experiential somatic experience um called sovereign um and that is a year-long program that is designed to help people feel safe inside their body Learn how to take care of their foundational needs so they can stop pissing around with their power and actually allow the power to radiate through them. Um, and it's 12 months because to change your life for the rest of your life takes time. We are not fanning around, we are taking our self care and looking after ourselves seriously. So I've got that. So people are joining now. We start on the 13th of January. Um, but we're being prepared for this. We are going to show up and show out and be on our sides. So um, people are enrolling now, and we're gonna do some nice preparation work to get started in January. And then once that has got rolling, I'm gonna be sharing uh, information about another program, nine months long. And it's nine months long, it's called Rebirth. So I think you'll guess why it's nine (laughs) months long. Um, And Rebirth is for, for lack of a better word, It's for high-performing, big-energy people, because what I noticed is people like you, Ray, people that do hold space for a lot of people and are quite established in what they're doing, there's nowhere for you to go, because everywhere that could tend to your essential foundational needs is um, full of your clients or prospective clients, so it's not really safe for you to show up in your fullness, and also you need somewhere that is holding you at a different energetic level so that you are able to use the skills that you acquire and all of that training you're able to actually turn that inward on yourself and have somebody holding a safe space for you to do that exploration so that will be coming up um I will, be, I will be contacting, l- listen to me, someone who feared the intimacy of of contacting people directly last year, I'm going to be contacting people directly because I need to be sure that the people are ready for the rebirth experience because my darlings, over this nine months, I'm holding space for you to be reborn as the majestic woman you are now. Yeah, you're a leader, yeah, you're powerful, it's time to step into your majesty, babes.
0: Oh, it gives me goosebumps, all of it.
1: Thank I had you. chills, they're multiplying.
0: <laughs> I love how you bring all the decades, all the different All decades. of them, <laughs> I'm inclusive me. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for, for having me, me, Ray. And your amazing words. Um, do check out Tamu on Instagram and all of the other places. And um, I will see you all soon. Bye. Take care now, thank you thank you for listening to this episode of money making women please do go and leave us a review they have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard i also wanted to let you know where you can find me so if you want to find more of what i do you can find me in my facebook group money making women or you can find me on instagram i'm ray underscore dodd i really want to say a special thank you to emily crosby who edits these for me and i will see you for our next episode